Alleluia, Alleluia. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court with him. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. My dear friends, the good news, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. Amen. My dear friends, as we continue to celebrate Ordinary Time, the School of the Holy Spirit, where we're getting basic lessons about what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, for those of you on the Catholic Bible bus, we are still reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. So please be reading that at home, following not just following what the church has here today, but reading more extensively in the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. And that uh, brings me to my point today. St. Paul is talking about that there's a veil over the hearts of the children of Israel and whenever, but it's whenever a person turned towards the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Spirit of the Lord, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us gazing with unveiled faces on the glory of the Lord are being transformed into, into the same image from glory to glory as from the Lord who is the Spirit. This idea that uh, there's a, there can be a veiling over our understanding. And in my life, and I think how it's most true, what I want to speak about today, is this is exactly true with the sacred scriptures. So we need the Holy Spirit to really show us what the scriptures mean. If we read the scriptures without turning to the Holy Spirit, we could probably 
they could be veiled from us. Their true meaning is what the Lord is trying to do. Their deeper meaning for our lives. We need the Holy Spirit in order to understand the scriptures. I made a handout for you. And on that handout are some prayers to the Holy Spirit before you read. And also a little bit of an introduction to this idea that we need the Holy Spirit to understand the scriptures. If you think about it for just a minute, you can see it's so true. I mean, when I'm up here doing the uh, sacraments or any priest, it isn't, there's no power coming from Father Simon or any other priest. The power to change this bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. And when you're in the world evangelizing and serving the poor, and when you're in the world, uh, when you're doing your prayer, there's no power coming from you for, for that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working within you. So certainly when we have to pray with these sacred scriptures, these, this holy love letter from God, we've got to turn to the Holy Spirit first and ask the Holy Spirit to talk to us, to reveal to us what it is that he wants to say to us through these holy scriptures and to get a deeper understanding. Remember, I'm a big proponent. If all you do is come to Mass and listen to the scriptures, that you're wrong. We should have a daily time at home with the sacred scriptures because the Lord, believe me, the Lord has something to say to us every day of our life. He's waiting for us to get into those sacred scriptures and to speak deeply to our heart. So there's a little, there's a little um, loop you got, I want you to get into. A little, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, Tim? Uh, a little process loop. There's, yeah, there's a little process loop I want you to get into. And it's not made up by me. It's set up by, church, by the church. And here it is, 2,000-year-old little feedback loop. That's what I'm looking for. A feedback loop I want you to make sure you're in. And the first one is the word. Uh, the amble, this, I'm standing at something that's called the amble. This is the place where the word of God is proclaimed and where the preaching of God is proclaimed. So you have to start with the word. The word leads to the sacrament. That's why I set this altar the way I do every, every, every time I celebrate Mass. Right next to the ambo is uh, our chalice veiled here, the bread and wine that's going to change into the body and blood of Christ because word leads to sacrament. That's the, this is the feedback loop you got to get into. You get into the word, the word leads to the sacrament, that goes over to the altar, and that's where we encounter Christ. I don't know if you've thought about this today, but Christ, in a few moments, is going to step out of heaven, step onto this altar, and step into your heart. Every time we come to Mass. So word leads to sacrament, leads to encounter. It's a nice little feedback loop that the church has designed that God has given us to keep us in, in, in communion with him. But you have to also break out of it. You have to break out of it and uh, because, uh, because it has to leave this building. So that's what I call the third part of the Mass. So classically, you talk about the two parts of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word, the liturgy of the Eucharist. There's a third part, the liturgy of the world. So you have to take, when you receive love here, when you receive God, it can't just stay in you. It'll, it's no good. It's got to go out to the world. So the third part of the Mass is the liturgy of the world, where we take the gifts and what we have received, and we bring it out. 